A dentist was recently fired after they tore down a poster. It's absolutely crazy. Coral Gables dentist has been fired from his dental clinic where he was on staff after a controversial video of him was posted online. The group Stop Anti-Semitism posted video of Dr. Ahmed El Kusa, another man with him after crumbling flyers in their hands. Market and what's going on there. Backlash to business owners for the actions of their employees. That it's starting to scare business owners into taking inappropriate action, as I think is what happened to the situation. You follow economics, but Japan's population is really aging, and this impacts a lot of things throughout their economy. China's the next up with this. So, China, what Japan's going through right now, China's about to experience in the next decade or two. Welcome back to another episode of Dental Rift. I'm your co host, Gary Bird, founder of SMC National, where we help you create, convert, and close more opportunities so you can grow the way that you want. My name is Tanog Applegate, CEO and founder of Unified Dental. We are a data platform aggregating all of the different data solutions that you guys are using in one singular place. Awesome, man. So we got some really, really crazy um, topics. So first, a dentist was recently fired um, after uh, they tore down a poster. And um, and uh I, it's absolutely crazy that this happened, and I would love to get your thoughts on that. And then number two, uh, Japan and M- uh, Japan's M and A uh, market, and what's going on there. Very, very interesting um, stuff there that I'm excited to jump into. And then we're going to talk about the hardest departments to scale inside of your DSO. So, which which uh, which one do you want to tackle first, Japan or uh, the hardest department to See this scale? crazy video, man. You want to do that first? I always like starting off with the video. Okay, cool. Let me pull that up really quick. Uh, dentist. Okay, here we go. Let me share my screen. Group Stop Anti-Semitism posted video of Dr. Ahmed El-Kusa, another man with him after crumbling flyers in their hands. The flyers had information on missing Israeli civilians believed to be kidnapped by Hamas. The incident happened in Miami's Brickell neighborhood. Soon afterward, Dr. El-Kusa was fired by C.G. Smiles, the clinic releasing a statement that said, in part, we are very sad to see the situation. C.G. Smiles is not in favor of any of the actions of Dr. Elkusa. We do not support terrorist groups, actions, or supporters. Tonight, I spoke to Dr. Elkusa's attorney, who said the whole thing is being blown out of proportion. I've spoken to him in detail. He's a man who deeply cares about all Jewish children, all, all Muslim children. He doesn't want to see any conflict here at home. And he was just afraid that the posters may trigger further conflict, and he was just trying to de-escalate. Now, the attorney went on to say Dr. Elkusa apologizes if his actions offended anyone. Tonight, the flyers are back up in Brickell. They're also posted in other locations. Hey, sorry to interrupt the show, but I got something that's going to bring some value to you. This segment is called Ask Gary, and we have people who email us and ask us questions about marketing, and we answer them live on the air. If you want to send in a question, you just send it to askgary at smcnational.com or shoot us a DM, or leave a comment below. We'll definitely answer your questions. Today's question came in from Justin, and they wanted to know, Justin wanted to know what we think about marketing contracts. And this is a great question. So if you're first working with a business, 
uh, or a new marketing company, I would never, ever, ever sign a contract because you need to see them perform. But once a company performs and they're doing a good job, it's actually in your best interest to get into a contract with them because usually you can get lower pricing and a better deal if you sign a longer term commitment with that company. So it's kind of like a no, yes answer. Contracts are really bad if you don't know the company, but they can be really good if you know that they can provide results. All right, now I want you to hear what the doctor had to say for himself. Tonight, we're hearing from a Coral Gables dentist who was fired after taking down flyers with information on Israelis believed to be Hamas hostages. CBS News Miami's Larry Seward has the update. Dr. Ahmed Okusa feels misrepresented, wrongly fired, and now gets threatening messages for tearing down flyers like these, which he says a police officer suggested. It was a viral video that was four seconds. I was doing something very peacefully for a good cause. Ahmed Okusa lost his job. Tuesday, the former Coral Gables dentist says he and a friend tore down flyers information on missing Israeli citizens believed to be kidnapped by Hamas. In the wake of a six-year-old Palestinian-American stabbed to death in Illinois, Elkusa wants peace and claims these flyers created tension in his neighborhood. So he asked a police officer what to do. I said, do you do realize what this is, go, what can cause and what, what the effects of it is? And he, he had agreed. He said, yeah, I understand. I know. But, you know, uh, you have one of two options. You can either take them down or you can post something else. Blake Warman recorded what happened next. I saw two men tearing down the posters um, and I recognized one of the men and you know, I just wanted to document it. Warman's video spread on social media. Backlash followed. People showered his two-year-old bakery with one-star reviews and he heard death threats. After CG Smile fired Dr. Elkusa, their reviews suffered too. Elkusa's attorney says his client might sue. Because of his Lebanese heritage and because he's Muslim, I believe his employer wrongfully used Islamophobic tropes to add context that simply wasn't there. Elkusa says his job is less important than his purpose, which he says is all about peace. And I want to be very, very clear as my heart does go out to the Jewish and Israeli community, to those, you know, innocent lives and civilians, as well as the Palestinians. Uh, the issue here, again, it's it's something that, you know, they're posting the posters in Brickell, in, in the neighborhood where this is not occurring. I would do the same thing, whether it was the Palestinian uh, Palestinian side or the pro-Israeli side. If I saw a Palestinian, I wouldn't regret taking it. All right. So so let me just frame this up uh, for, for conversation's sake. So let's talk about the DSO owners, right? So we got the dentist there. We got the lawyers. We got this war going on. And this 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 topic isn't probably going to go away very easily. But what happens when somebody gets put in these kind of positions? Uh, any any dental office could be put in this position, right? They, all it takes is one person, one vial vitriol, and then they have to decide: Am I going to let this person go, or do we want to stand by them, help them? Um, what like from your perspective? Because you've actually worked in DSOs. How do you even begin to sort through something like this? Of like, what if this situation happens? How do we deal with it? Like, how do we even? I don't, I don't know the answer, to be honest with you. So I, I was really curious of your thoughts on it. Yeah, um, we've had some issues internally of some PR stuff that happened with some team members. And, and normally, I feel like it's very kind of black and white as far as kind of what the solution is, right? The, the question is not whether what action should we take. It's usually like, are we strong enough to actually take the action? And if they're a good enough producing doctor, there are times where like, People will go in and I know other groups that have turned a blind eye to things that have happened publicly because they don't want to lose a production of that doctor, which is hard to replace. And so uh, to me, I always think that that's choosing your, 
morals over, I mean, you're just choosing your own production, right? It's choosing the profitability of your business over your morals. And that's not that there's something that sits right with me. In this situation, though, this is a completely different case because I don't think there is a black and white as to what we done. I, yeah. I did appreciate you showing that second video because it did kind of put some enlightenment onto where he felt like he was misrepresented. And I think that what can happen nowadays is that there's so much backlash to business owners for the actions of their employees that it's starting to scare business owners into taking inappropriate action at, as I think is what's happening in this situation. Right? I think he might have been prematurely fired. He didn't have a time to represent himself just because the video is posted without any context around it. And so I do think that before jumping to firing, there needs to be a little bit more uh, context put around it or at least an opportunity for the employee to kind of state their case before any of those decisions happen. I don't know. It's tough, though. Yeah, it's really tough. Like, uh, yeah, even having a framework, like you said, so you usually have frameworks around things like if this person does this, then that's a terminal, you know, we can terminate them. But he wasn't actually taking up. It wasn't like he was out there hanging up posters saying I'm pro Israel or pro Palestine, which could potentially um, trigger an easier decision. He was simply taking down the posters and he was told by the cops like, hey, either take them down or put some up. Um, and that's not a defense, right? But it's 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 very interesting to to hear that perspective as well. It's like it wasn't like he just did it on his own. Um, and it happened to be catched on video, right? It happened, someone happened to record it. And um, so very, very interesting, the tough situation. What's what's interesting though to me was that it sounds like the company didn't get backlash until they fired him. Oh. Right, so the company could have been completely without any issues, right? There, if they kept him employed, but then because they fired him, now it triggered a bunch of anti-business uh, sentiment where they got flooded with one-star reviews. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So interesting stuff. So basically, if this happens to a dentist's office, let's say somebody's listening, they have ten practices, and you get caught in something like this, that you, it's really hard. First of all, I don't think there is like a perfect answer. But if I hear you correctly, obviously you got to check legally what you're allowed to do, but then also do your homework with the person before you let them go, right? Why, what was your motives? It sounds like you have to get to their motives more so than the actual action behind it. I, to me, the Israeli-Palestine conflict is a unique situation that's going on right now because there is no clear cut, like, PR around like what's right, right? In other situations, I think that there is, but this one's so difficult and that's why it's such a tenuous kind of situation that's going on. I, I don't know. I think that, yeah, yeah. Do your, do your due diligence. Yeah. I saw a, a, a comedian making light of some of this and he was like, it was just a video in my th thread and he was like, wait, normally it's so easy to pick this cause, right? Because there's always these causes that everybody puts up the flag for, right? For whatever it is, or puts up the icon. He's like, usually it's easy. You pick the side and then you get people to cheer you. You know what I mean? And if you don't do it, then people right. boo you. He's like, in this particular instance, it's not as cut and dry. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's really crazy. It's just, it's crazy. And this actually goes back to one of the other things that we're going to talk about in the other episode is kind of the market outlook. This war is actually really going to drive certain market outlooks depending on what happens the election and those kind of things but let's jump into uh japan and the m a side of things
So I don't know how much you follow economics, but Japan's population is really aging, yep. right? It's getting to the point where they're getting to retirement age. And this impacts a lot of things throughout their economy. But one of them is actually these medium to small size businesses, which is exactly the industry that DSOs and dental falls into, right? And so these business owners are getting to the age where they want to retire or they're even likely to even just die. And what's happening is at China, Japan historically does not have a market for this, right? So if you were a middle to small size business, historically what you would do is you would hand it off to either your your family, your child, right? You'd hand it down to the family, uh, the children or child, or you would hand it off to a second in command who would then take on and run the business, right? What's happening though is A, Japan, because of the lower increase in population, is moving from a lot of an urban urbanization, I mean, sorry, from a rural area to urban areas, right? So a lot of their population, these rural area businesses are not able to find someone to take over their business. Mm. They don't have kids. They have an aging uh, employee demographic. So the employees don't want to take it over. They're trying to retire and leave as well. And so now all of a sudden there's this, there's huge amounts of businesses out there where there's no one to take it over. And so it's just sitting there where they're literally giving away these businesses for free and they still can't get people to take them over. So one of the, uh, to me, I thought that this, this whole demographic thing was interesting, obviously not the current problem that we have in the dental space. But what happened was that AI came in and actually has been the solution for it. Mm. So somebody came in and created an AI marketplace that now connects buyers and sellers together to be able to identify if they'd be a good match for success in this. And I thought it was a very interesting use case, right? Because every seller has what's important to them and every buyer has some specific things. And so and there's a lot of due diligence yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah. I love right? that. Yeah, what's interesting, I'll take this down a slightly different path. Um, the China's the next up with this. So China, what Japan's going through right now, China's about to experience in the next decade or two because they they didn't have enough kids to replace themselves. You have to have 2.1 kids per family to break to to replace yourself. Um, and China is the next one up. And guess who's up after that? Germany. Yeah, Germany. And then us. <laughs> We're we're right behind them. Now we're a little bit further out because we have a different outlook on like immigration and things like that. And we still have a lot of different people coming into the country that are having bigger families still, but Americans that are currently here are not, um, we're right at that two, 1.92. So we're going to experience some of this in the future if, if things don't change. So that's fascinating that they solved it through AI, but it is troubling that we're in this position because, uh, a lot of the economic, framework is built on uh, growth. And if you're not growing, then you have to change the framework. The biggest difference though between Japan and us, even if we were in the exact same situation demographically, is that they do not by nature have an M&A market mm. for these businesses. Well, they also don't that have was any, what was so unique. They're also a closed off society, right? Like you don't just go, like they're not a, uh, like America where we're just, right. everybody's coming in from everywhere. Yeah. China, Japan's very closed off. Like it's not, uh, a, a, they're, they don't, they don't think the same way that we think over here when it comes to immigration and culture and those kind of things. So that, that changes exactly. as well. So really interesting stuff. Um, okay. 
I'm I'm excited to talk through this one. So, and and really, this is going to uh, rely a lot on your experience. What is the hardest departments to scale inside of a DSO? Well, I wanted to first kind of chat through for someone that hasn't run a DSO. I'm curious in your perspective first, right? So let's just kind of name some of the departments, right? You got accounting, you got HR, revenue cycle management, operations, which is like in-office operations, clinical operations, um, marketing, and then you have like facilities, IT, like these sub ones, like facilities, IT, uh, et cetera. Um, yeah, IT, yeah. Procurement. Procurement. So accounting, HR, uh, RCM, um, ops, clinical, marketing, IT, which is the hardest to scale. From the outside looking in, I'll give you what ones I look easier to scale. So it's like the uh, operations. That one has looked easier to scale. And I might okay. be totally wrong on that. I'm just prepared, just looking at the dental offices. It seems there's a lot of support around that. HR seems really tricky right now because HR has the definition of HR and dental has kind of changed. So HR has always been about compliance inside of dental, but now it's more about recruiting. And so it's like it kind of shifted. So it depends on your your thoughts on that. If you're saying, well, it's both of them. Um, that one would be a hard one for sure, because I don't think we're anywhere near figuring that one out. Um, accounting that seems scale scalable revenue cycle management is a complete dumpster fire nightmare. Everybody that I've talked to, <laughs> and that's because of the nature of the way dental collects payments. It's like, we're going to take some cash from you today. We're going to, uh, take a credit card payment. You're going to join our membership club and insurance might send us some money at some point in the future if we're lucky. And it's like, after we're done negotiating that, right? Like it's like we pray, we pray to the RCM gods, then we might be able to get some money back from the insurance. Yeah, yeah. It's just like okay, yeah. That's so that that does not seem easy at all. It's like, well, we have AI for that, and it's just like, okay, how how is the AI going to solve that? Um, clinical seems really difficult because I've never talked to de- multiple dentists that are like aligned on this. Like, how do we do this? Everybody has different perspectives of what good is. So that one seems tough. Marketing and sales is crazy because I talk, man, I just talked to a DSO. I'm not going to tell you how many practices because then you'll know, but a lot of practices, <laughs> they have a ton of practices and they have like two or three people on their marketing team. And I'm just like, what? They're like, yeah, we can't figure this out. And I'm like, and, and they're like dumpster fire, head on fire. And rightfully so. I, and I just simply explained to them, I have a fraction of the number of practices that we manage and we only do one thing inside of marketing, which is growth and coaching inside of that growth. And we have 10 times the amount of people that you do. And I want you to think through that. And this is all we do. And so um, that one's really hard. And then the other one that lives under marketing is sales. And then IT seems to be really hard. Uh, Henry Shine just got hacked recently. Separate topic, separate show. Um, So that one just keeps hammering away in, in integration. So there's a man. So RCM, uh, if I was going to, so RCM is super hard. H, uh, HR, if you include recruiting, clinical marketing and IT, which is the hardest to scale? Probably RCM. You could remove some things to make RCM scalable. So I'm going to take that one off. Recruiting, clinical marketing, IT. I'm going to say IT or 
marketing. I'm going to say IT or marketing. Wow. Interesting. I've loved hearing kind of your thought process out loud as you went down and kind of came up with I don't know if that's the right answer. Um, I might be totally wrong. I don't know if there is a right answer. I think that for everyone, they experience things differently. I guess let me ask you this then. What are some of the, when you think about a department scaling, what are some of the components that increase that complexity for you? That increase it is that when it's individually, um, when there's individuals on either side of the equation that have to be involved to make it work, then it's not, by definition, it's not scalable. So meaning like the RCM is so tricky because you to scale it, you have to work well with the insurance companies, unless you're just saying, no, we're not, we don't do anything with insurance. And every time you add an insurance company, it adds complexity on their end because they have to be involved with that conversation. And that creates complexity around scalability. That's, that's how I look at, look at it. Okay. So that's one element. So RCM is one of those that has a third party, uh, involved, right? What other IT though? I'm interested where you like, tell me your logic around IT again. Um, so IT is, this is a total shot and this is not my area of expertise, but what I'm seeing from the outside looking in when these big companies, uh, Henry Schein, uh, uh, well, who Aspen, uh, other people who've been hacked, right? Big companies, the biggest, if they're being hacked, then it, 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 I feel like a lot of people think that everything's fine. Cause they just hired an IT company, but the, until something bad happens basically. And it's like, okay, well you didn't actually solve that. So maybe that one is easier to scale, but just has higher risk side to it. Uh, to me, I think the complexity is like, this is how I would measure complexity, right? It would be how many bodies are involved in it? Because every time a human is involved, the level of Complexion. training and development yep. becomes a lot less predictable. Yep. And then how often, how, how many individualized services or processes have to be done? <laughs> right. Well, IT, so, so IT more, is like, not hard uh, scale, scaling. IT is pretty straightforward. Yeah, straightforward, right. but it has high, no high risk. It's just high risk, high risk, high risk sure. reward. Um, so that one, we'll remove that one. So then it's, so then it's, um, cause I feel like with a, a recruiting, you can just hire one person that's really good at recruiting and set up a system. Like you can do that. People have done it, um, on, on recruiting. Um, HR was not one that we struggled with because yes, it, it, you can have one person doing it. It's not like you have to teach that same process to 40 people just because of the sheer amount of quant like volume that they're doing. Is very so marketing or clinical? So marketing and sales and clinical are the hardest ones. I think that marketing has a lot of components that are completely different from each other, right? There's analytics, there's design, there's software online of having to go in and set up like online digital ads, well, et cetera. Also the thing that dental always leaves out and, and every business has this, whether you like it or not, is the sales component and marketing and sales usually live together. No one calls out sales. You never heard anybody. We're building this amazing sales team at, in our dental, in our GP dental office, you know? So marketing. I, I usually include and maybe wrongfully so sales either in ops or in clinical because that Clinical is really whether well, the sales are, but it does end up getting closed. The closer is an op. Yes, but the phone is your initial sales introduction. 
like, hey, let's with our company or your company, if I want to work with Tanner, it's like, hey, let's set up a demo. And you set up a first call and you walk through that. That's the initial sales call, right? And so right. that happens in dental at the front desk, which usually falls under marketing. It can, it can fall under ops too, but marketing has some kind of hand in that usually because they're generating the calls and have the most skin in the game to make sure that that actually happens efficiently. So I would say, like, if I were to answer this, to me, the number one is clinical, right? If I were to scale it in a predictable way, clinical is going to be the most difficult because the higher the education, the higher the salary, the more difficult and less willing people are to change. Um, and the less, also the difficulty in just kind of getting doctors replaced if that were an issue. Uh, the second thing then would be RCM is an absolute nightmare and then ops as well, because getting, I mean, ops, once you strip the RCM component out of it, to me, operations, the front desk, patient flow really then becomes a lot about like human to human interaction. And like you said, kind of like that sales component of it and scaling that is very hard across people. Like you can teach people how to do certain things, but teaching them how to be happy and how to connect with people, et cetera. That's a lot more difficult to do, right? We're working so, on that. We're actually working on this. I'm in the middle of working on this right now as we speak. And scaling out the uh, customer service? Uh, sales, uh, uh, sales uh, treatment, specifically large treatment presentation. Yeah. Which is, which is like the whole process from end to end, right? You have to do the whole process when it's large treatment. If you leave out parts, it doesn't, you can't close it. Yep. Very difficult. So anyways. Uh, well, clinical is the hardest. From your curious. point of view, clinical is the hardest. Clinical is the hardest. I think finding a good chief dental officer pays for its weight in gold, but I have only seen like one, maybe two very highly productive chief clinical officers ever. A lot of them are just ego trips that sit there and talk about themselves in front of other doctors and that just doesn't work. Yep. Awesome, man. Well, great show today. This is a good one. All right. We'll see you later. Peace. Peace.